many people are saying, what should I invest in right now? What is intelligent? Should I invest in stocks, in crypto, in real estate? What makes sense right now? So what I wanted to do was talk a little bit about what I think is the right thing to do and what is what I call intelligent capital advantage. What is a way to make sense of what to invest in today? Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Market Call Show. This is Lewis Giannis. Today, I want to talk about a lot of the confusion that I'm hearing right now. Many people are saying, what should I invest in right now? What is intelligent? Should I invest in stocks, in crypto, in real estate? What makes sense right now? So what I wanted to do was talk a little bit about what I think is the right thing to do and what is what I call intelligent capital advantage. What is a way to make sense of what to invest in today? Because we have basically four major challenges that most people are dealing with right now. And the first one is the inflation challenge. And we've been talking a lot about that lately. I know you have seen it. We've all seen it. Many people are experiencing that their investments are, are not growing with the rate of inflation. So that would be the first thing. The second thing would have to do with taxes. Um, there's a lot of talk about tax rates even going up. You may have heard of the new um, kind of plans that have been put in place that does affect some people with increased taxes. That's always a concern. How do we manage taxes over time? And the big one is the risks in the marketplace. What makes sense from a risk standpoint? How can I control my risk and make money in this environment? And lastly, it really has to do with the changing opportunities. The economy is changing all the time. And there's no one way to actually think about investing when people ask the question, should I invest in stocks or should I invest in real estate or should I invest in crypto? I think what they're really asking is, what's going to make money right now? Instead of asking that question, what I'd like to suggest is that it's better to actually think about it from a standpoint of a process. What is the best process for me to be thinking about investing? And I really want to go over what I think is one of the best ways, if not the best way, of investing. And before you could actually get uh, that conversation going, I want to talk a little bit about what, is, what most people are doing right now, the traditional way people are investing. If you look at this graph here, traditionally uh, on the left side there, you can see that most portfolios that you'll that we run across, most portfolios maybe that you are in, tend to emphasize the size of the market. Even if you don't know that's happening in your portfolio, it tends to be happening in most people's portfolio. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Because many investments are put placed in mutual funds or stock programs or other types of managed programs that are run by companies that are extremely large, they are constrained in what they can buy. In order for them to actually get a meaningful position, they tend to have to buy the very largest companies that are in the marketplace in terms of stocks, in terms of bonds. So what happens is, is you tend to have these concentrations in the same names. Even though you have a wide variety of investments that are in the portfolio, there's a lot of overlapping risks in there and the, the, the size is emphasized. And one of the reasons why that's not important or why that is important is because 
many times the largest companies are actually overvalued and not really good investments right now. Same thing with bonds. Many, time the, many times the largest issuers of bonds tend to actually have the worst credit quality or have the need for more debt and they may not be the best bonds to be invested in. So that's what's happening on the traditional side. Most investors are experiencing that. And that hurts returns and risk-adjusted returns. Another thing that most investors tend to have in a traditional portfolio is more of a static type allocation. Like you might be 60% bond and 40% stock or vice versa. And you might have, uh, you know, you know, you might have what looks like diversification, like U.S. stocks, international stocks, emerging, and, and and small caps. But what's in reality, it still tends to be market cap weighted, and it tends to have a static allocation. Maybe it's rebalanced to the same position, uh, back to its core holding allocation. Well, I don't believe that that is, and based on good reason and research. I don't believe this is the best way to invest. The best way to invest is what I call intelligent capital advantage. And that involves three main things. The first is to have a smart portfolio construction. And I'm going to explain that a little bit more here. Smart portfolio construction means instead of being market cap weighted, you want to weight your investments based on the risks that are available in the marketplace. So that's important. And based on the size, how much is available. So that's, that's a big part of it. And I'll dive a little bit more into that uh, here in a second here. But also, instead of having a static allocation, you want to have a dynamic allocation that is based on a process using things that make sense, that can actually give you some foresight as to what would be a better investment one over another, rather than just saying, I'm, 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 a, I'm totally, I don't know, and then I'm just going to buy the whole market. It's better to have a, a process that will give you some edge in the marketplace so that you can manage risk. And the last has to do with the security selection. Instead of being kind of a slave to the largest companies, um, I like to use what I call enhanced selection, where there's a process that actually goes through and says, okay, what are the factors that improve the odds that the individual investments are going to do better than the average? And I talk a lot about this in my book, The Financial Freedom Blueprint. By the way, you can pick up a copy of that. I'm, I'm actually doing signed copies. You can get a signed copy of that if you go to pathtorealwealth.com. Just a little side note, go to Path to Real Wealth, and you can pick up a signed copy of that. Okay, so that is probably the biggest key differences in what I would recommend uh, versus what a lot of people are doing. And so let me break this down a little bit more into the portfolio construction part. So the smart portfolio construction means three main things. Number one, instead of having this market cap weighting and, and having a lot of overlap, have clear differentiation so that you could be better diversified. What that means is that you have a better separation between different types of investments so that they're not having the same overlapping drivers of return. Uh, so in other words, what drives the return for each one of those investments are significantly different. And if you could do that more and more, and if you use that as what your available investments that you're looking at, that gives you a better opportunity to be able to adapt to the environment and invest in those things that should do well. And it also lowers the overall risk of the portfolio so that you can have better diversification for a given level of return. Because we're all trying to do that, get a good rate of return per unit of risk. So that's the first part of smart portfolio construction. The second part is to have more of an equitable opportunity set. What that means is instead of saying, I'm going to focus and emphasize my capital in the big companies like I had been talking about, 
we want to make it more ap uh, equitable. So that means basically looking at what risk contribution I am actually putting, not dollars and cents, but more risk contribution. And uh, being cognizant of how, how much market cap is out there, how big it is, but basically being more um, equitable, saying I'm going to be agnostic and I'm going to look at all the marketplace of clearly delineated, diversified investments I could have. And I'm going to allow each one of them to have an opportunity to be in my portfolio, depending on how attractive they are. That's a big difference. Uh, in, in getting smart portfolio construction. Now, the third element of smart portfolio construction, construction is to have risk control because, as we have seen lately, markets can go down pretty rapidly. And in order to have better risk control, it requires a disciplined set of measuring risk, monitoring risk, and adjusting for risk. And depending on what kind of investor that you tend to be, your preferences, your goals, your age, things like that, um, you, you should have the ability to be conservative or more of a balanced investor or maybe more of a growth investor, take on a little more risk. So when you add those elements together, that should give you a smarter portfolio construction than what you're seeing you know, using the traditional plans that we're seeing out there in the marketplace. So uh, the other thing I would mention with the intelligent capital ad, uh, advantage is the dynamic uh, allocation. So that was, if you, if you remember, that was like the second element uh, that uh, I think really makes a big difference. Instead of being static, you want to have an allocation that actually is dynamic, that is actually changing with the opportunities that are available in the marketplace right now. So we've had uh, quite a bit of change in the valuations right now, so there's a whole different opportunity set out there right now that makes sense to invest in. And the way to do that is to have a kind of a building block approach it's kind of like levers that 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 it's it's a leveraged approach because if you start off by looking at uh returns of or factors of return and risk and i know that sounds kind of complicated but there are certain things that make a lot of sense and i'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute uh, that can generate more returns for bonds or stocks or whatever the investment is, identifying those factors and then using a method to, to adjust your weights, how much money you put into certain investments based on the relative attractiveness. So one may be more attractive than the other. You know, being completely out of one thing or another is usually not smart because nobody can forecast with perfect accuracy. But it makes sense statistically to have a way that you would you overweight or underweight based on a rational methodology of using risk factors and return factors. So, and you get leverage in that. You you, you adjust your weights, and over time, you get more of an intelligent capital allocation. If you worry about your investments, need to make complex financial decisions, or pay unnecessary taxes, a lack of proper financial planning and investing may already be costing you a great deal. When you are ready to turn your peace of wealth into peace of mind, go to WealthNetInvest.com and click on the Schedule a Call button to talk to us and get a free consultation today. That's really important. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was that enhanced security selection part. The enhanced security selection has to do with when you're buying and investing in the particular investments that go inside the portfolio, the criteria that you use to actually select the investments that are in the asset allocation is extremely important. So um, in this graph, what I do is I show kind of a bottom-up approach or a top-down approach, I mean, of the uh, you know, kind of the, the, the factors of return and risk that I had mentioned before. And in this chart, I'm showing the factors of return and risk for stocks, individual stocks in a portfolio. So there's two main uh, types of 
uh, factors that we break the world down into. We have fundamental factors, things that have to do with the, the capital intensity of a business, the profitability, your balance sheet, your valuation, all those things. That rolls up into fundamentals. And those factors tend to improve or make returns worse, depending on what those conditions are. And the second kind of general category is technical. That has to do with the sentiment, the analyst sentiment, the investor sentiment. That has, has to do with the supply and demand of the market itself, price momentum and price volatility. The, all those factors are meaningful in determining your rate of return. So those building blocks can give you the, the, the firepower to be able to make intelligent decisions whether I should overweight or underweight a particular investment. So that to me is much more of a, uh, a better way to allocate capital. Um, the same thing can be done with exchange-traded funds. Exchange-traded funds are very, very uh, great investment vehicles from the standpoint is they, they can allow you to get investment in a broad category relatively inexpensively, very cheap actually. Um, I know our exchange-traded portfolios have very low expense ratios, so it allows you to really go anywhere in the world, uh, well, most places in the world, and uh, uh, get exposure and investment there. So, you know, you want to have that same approach with those. How do I select which ETF? Because there could be many ETFs in any single category, any country, any sector, any industry group, uh, any market itself, stock, bond, asset class. So having those factors, you know, what is the quality, like the operations, you know, how much is under management, what is the management team history, how is the index constructed, what are the costs, that's a big one, what are the costs, what are the expenses, and what are the tax costs, because there's different tax costs associated with different types of investments. What is the valuation, what is the dividend yield, what is the growth potential of the ETF, and what are those sentiment factors that move the supply and demand for the securities, the price volatility and the price momentum. So I hope this is helping you here, but this is, these, these things roll up into a rational way that you can construct these portfolios. But you have to take it one step further. The portfolio intelligent capital advantage also has to do with whether or not you can actually customize it and fit it in your financial plan. So you know your strategy needs to be able to work in a variety of account types, whatever account types you have. You might have retirement accounts, you might have individual accounts, trust accounts, those all need to be able to be dealt with and not all investments can be in those. So, so that's a big part of that. And then also it needs to be flexible to have the return and risk profiles that match your temperament, your goals, your time horizon, your risk tolerance. So, you know, a conservative approach, a balanced approach, a growth approach, or even at the extremes, aggressive or preservation, those should all be facilitated in order for you to have a intelligent capital advantage. Um, also, it needs to be able to facilitate this, your strategy, however it's built, needs to be able to uh, facilitate your objectives. Maybe you need income, maybe you're not taking income right now, but you will soon or maybe a little bit later. So that would be like a total return approach that's just building wealth versus an income approach now or, or some blend of it. It needs to be able to deal with those aspects and be customized. So it also needs to be tax aware so that you know your tax situation may be different than somebody else's. So you need to be able to ha make sure that your portfolio strategy matches your tax situation. Um, and so the way that we do this, it's a disciplined way. We have two kind of suites of portfolios. One is called the prime capital portfolios that we manage. That's really related to our larger clients, usually tends to invest in individual stocks and, and individual bonds potentially. 
but uh, primarily with exchange-traded funds on the lower side on the fixed income, but very much more individual security-selected uh, selection. Um, and then we have our global index portfolios, which is a broadly diversified uh, portfolio as well. All portfolios should be broadly diversified, as we talked about. But it's important to have a strategy that works that way and have something that's unique. So if you want to have get more information about our prime capital portfolios or our global index portfolios or anything about your financial plan, just let us know. You could uh, go to wealthnetinvest.com, click on the schedule a call button and we can talk to you, give you more information. Or you could just email us at info at wealthnetinvest.com and uh, we'll be glad to uh, shoot you out information. Also, you could just call us at any time, 720-895-1395. So just, I, I wanted to get this out there because we're hearing people saying, what should I be doing right now? Should I be investing in real estate? Should I be investing in stocks? This is what I recommend investing in, how I recommend investing. It's, it's durable for the long run. It's something that is attractive for people with financial planning objectives, real life financial planning objectives. So uh, I can't think of anything else I wanna talk about. We could really dive deep right now in terms of what's happening in the markets and with the politics and how that's affecting things. But I wanna tell you this, it's important to eliminate the noise as much as possible. And when you're using this intelligent capital advantage approach, it allows you to cut through a lot of the noise because much of this is quantitative. It's not the noisy narratives that you're hearing out there. It's based on facts. And that's what drives good decisions. That's all for now. Hope you're having a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. For the latest episode of The Market Call Show, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to marketcallshow.com for all our past episodes and sign up to get alerts for new episodes. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please leave us a five-star review and comments. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure.